Welcome to Tish and Piffle, a podcast begun as a lockdown project by a bunch of people who couldn't be bothered to spend their long quarantine hours actually doing something productive, like grouting the bathroom, learning to play the ukulele, or indeed actually helping humankind in some way. We thought after six weeks of producing random nonsense, at a time when it's sometimes been hard to laugh at anything at all, We'd leave the stage for a while before what will no doubt be a flouncingly theatrical return with plenty of strops and tantrums. Up to now we've discussed, again a very lofty word for what we've been doing, a different topic every week. This week, in a break from normal programming, we're taking questions from those who've been listening to us very kindly. Via our Twitter page and other means, we ask for some questions. I'm pleased to say we have some. I wanted to ask one of my own first because I mentioned sort of having tantrums earlier. Has anyone either thrown a tremendous tantrum or been on the receiving end of one? I was on the receiving end of one once um, while I was working in radio and a colleague, I'm going to have to phrase this ever so delicately without giving anything away, but a colleague had a monster strop at me to the point where I had to take him to the company's internal disciplinary procedures and (laughs) said colleague was found guilty and suspended and I won't say a lot about it other than it was just the most extraordinary thing he seemed to think that I was there to act as his personal surf and when I refused just went ballistic it was the most bizarre thing I've ever experienced that was Dave by the way I haven't bothered to introduce anyone Dave Alice and Sean I'm Derek (laughs) Um, something similar happened to a friend of mine who worked for a very famous broadcasting organisation, who said she sort of factored in as her job the fact that she would be on the receiving end of massive tantrums at the end of the day. And she'd just sort of soak it up, even if it had nothing to do with her. And then those very same people would come in the next day and behave as if nothing had happened at all. I do love a newsroom strop. Like, I don't think there's any other workplace where that is kind of considered, like, quite normal and quite a stressful day. And I just love it that, you know, someone can go completely ballistic and everyone finds it so awkward. And then the next day, like you said, you just come in and everything's back to normal. And it's just like (laughs) it never happened. It's like a really bizarre, like kind of playground, isn't it? Where everyone just kind of just ignores it and carries on. I do think actually the worst uh, temper tantrums do seem to come from um when you're in a newsroom anyway come from someone who works in public relations or comms who doesn't like the uh the story that you're writing but i think actually the worst temper tantrum that i was on the uh, receiving him was when i used to work in a restaurant and uh, of a garden center and in the summer we used to serve like um ice cream cones so you used to like have to scoop it was like some of the, that really fancy ice cream so you'd have to like gelato stuff so you have to scoop it out and put it on i'm making the, the this action like scooping out ice cream and no one else could be able to <laughs> i'm finding it fascinating i never knew how to do it before but thanks <laughs> anyway so i scooped up this ice cream for the, these people and then i gave it to this woman and her son or daughter or whatever and she looked at me and she was like there are no sprinkles on this and i was like well no and you have to pay extra for the sprinkles and she just absolutely went off on one and she, <laughs> she told me <laughs> she told me i was useless she told me i was stupid just told me told me all this stuff just because i didn't put sprinkles on her and her son's ice cream wow what was the resolution well 
I said she couldn't have any sprinkles unless she paid for them. <laughs> <laughs> per sprinkles. She asked for the manager. She asked for the manager, and I, I can't really remember what happened, but I think the manager did just give her some free sprinkles, which made me quite cross. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what, like, hold out your hand. Here's the sprinkles. Now please leave the premises. <laughs> <laughs> have your sprinkles and leave. <laughs> I worked in Hong Kong once, which I may have mentioned before. Uh, in a newsroom and we produced a daily paper so we worked quite late at night and there was a Korean chap who wore you know that one of those David Attenborough safari suits you know what I mean he had a he had a beige one and a blue one I seem to remember and he was a really nice bloke um, but one day his wife turned up and um, as many of those sorts of organizations you know 20 years or so ago I'm talking about the security was not exactly robust the security guards were the average age of a great-grandfather and they really would not have scared the forces of world terror in any way. So his wife breezed past them very quickly and then just shouted at the top of her voice, where is he, where is he? And he dived under the desk. And then this Keystone Cops kind of Benny Hill dance went around the newsroom with people running after trying to catch her. What had he done? I gathered later and he he was amazingly unruffled about it once she'd gone he had a day job and a night job and so basically he never saw her and she got so angry in the end that she just turned up maybe she turned up at the day job as well she definitely turned up at the newspaper though and it, and it was a thrilling spectacle so have any of you thrown a temper tantrum? Because I think I was possibly nearly on the end of a temper tantrum from Derek, actually, a few weeks ago over my terrible sound really? in this podcast. Yeah, he was quite full on with that, wasn't he? He mentioned it once or twice in a few emails, WhatsApp messages, answer machines. <laughs> That's not a strop. I, the only time I remember throwing a strop was... I went to a cinema to meet uh, an author who was actually a bloke who had, was the screenwriter in one of the movies. And um, I thought the, the front of house were a bit rude to me. And he hadn't turned up, apparently. And I threw a massive strop saying, I think you're really unprofessional and I'll never come here again. Walked out and then the cameraman texted me and said, what was all that about? We were watching you. We're, we're upstairs. Come back in. <laughs> <laughs> to walk back in to a place I'd just flounced out of. I'd just try and walk up the stairs without speaking to anyone. I'm always having tantrums, uh, a very short temper, but they're usually with myself. So I'll be sitting away on the computer. Derek may remember this from, uh, you know, years gone past when we were in the same newsroom, but I'd be working away and I, I tend to talk to myself as well without realising I'm doing it. So I'll be saying, what are you doing, you stupid, stupid man? And I'm either talking to the person who I'm editing or I'm possibly talking to myself. But either way, I get more and more irate and more and more boiling until eventually I'll flounce off and have a cup of tea. Yeah, I feel like technology really riles me up. That's like the one thing that I can fully have like a shouting match with. And obviously it can't answer back. But it tends to be when sort of a program just shuts down on you and you've got something really important and you haven't saved it and it's just it's so frustrating and then you just oh you feel angry all day all day technology just gets me in a right tantrum i always lose it at um 
well, you know when you get put on hold for a really long time when you're on like the phone to a call oh, centre or yeah. something. And I remember once I absolutely lost it because I was having a uh, problem with a, um, a major telephone company and I was on the phone to them while I was like I'm on the BBC, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> Other telephone companies are available. Other telephone companies are available, but um, preferably not this one, which <laughs> decided to uh, play Christmas music up until about the 10th of January. Oh, no. And when someone finally picked up the phone, I just lost it and went, you need to get rid of this Christmas music. It's after the 12 days of Christmas, okay? And they just were like, okay, how can I help? Here we go properly now. Our friend Jen, who's been listening in Egypt and who's generally an excellent person all round, Uh, By the way, she thanks me and Dave and thanks to, in her words, the ladies for keeping me company the past few weeks in solitary. And Jen asks, what's been the funniest part of the season for each of you? Well, I think listening to your hilarious tales of Hong Kong newsrooms, clearly. Do you know, I have got like a whole bank of anecdotes. (laughs) Yeah, we know. Some of them actually aren't mine. And I just want to tell them. Season two, Derek, season two. <laughs> I slightly resent three other people being here. How dare you? My favourite part has definitely been um, listening back to the podcast every week and hearing how Derek has edited our laughter in to update each of his anecdotes. That's so untrue. That's so untrue. I bet I'm very grateful for Jen listening, um, but I have to say my favourite bit of the whole experience has been something that the listeners haven't heard, which is our rubbish attempts to clap at the beginning (laughs) of every podcast to try and get Mm. all the audio in sync because we're recording this all you know remotely and then poor Derek has the unenviable task of putting it all together but we are really very uncoordinated and it makes me laugh every single time what about you Derek <laughs> I feel like you spent most of the process looking slightly pain so I'd love to know what your favorite part was <laughs> none of no, it no actually it's not even a funny thing I, you know I it's just been a real pleasure to connect in this way and have fun this way and I've just really enjoyed it really so it's not really been a funny part as such that I draw out just the the general experience and the camaraderie of it I've enjoyed at a time when you know the walls have been slightly coming in at me during lockdown I don't know why but every time I think of Sean opening a jar of beetroot as well that always makes me laugh (laughs) (laughs) I haven't got to the second one yet (laughs) we press on (laughs) dismissed in an instant beetroot move on we don't want more beetroot stories moving on <laughs> Dirk Schmidt uh, is an early Twitter follower who's from Norderney I hope I pronounced that correctly which Google tells me is one of the East Frisian islands off the North Sea coast of Germany and has lovely sandy beaches his Twitter pic is a snail on what I think must be one of those beaches <laughs> Derek, She's gone. he's stalking the listeners <laughs> He first asked, if you want more listeners, why do you bleep out all the interesting bits? <laughs> Does someone actually want to explain what he's talking about? Oh, well, we had to bleep some stuff. Was it last week or the week before when there were stories that involved libel lawsuits, potentially? 
Well, I got a bit nervous because we don't exactly have a budget. And, uh, <laughs> you know, most of the people we libeled are probably long gone. But I thought it was best to just beep it out. And then also, I just thought Sean's story was so funny that we would keep the laughter even though we didn't hear the story. <laughs> uh, but actually, before we annoyed Dirk, he asked a proper question, which is, what are some of your guilty pleasures? Depends how far we want to go on this. <laughs> we might have to bleep this out. <laughs> I've been se- several weeks in lockdown alone and... Um, <clears throat> oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what Say happening. obsessive cleaning! Say obsessive cleaning! <laughs> that, that came after. <laughs> I'm going to rescue this and say that my guilty pleasure is crisps and vast buckets of them. Oh, I love a good crisp. Particularly Walker's Max crisps and anything that's prawn cocktail flavoured. And I've allowed myself to decline monstrously during lockdown. And I'm now the size of your average London double-decker buff. And it's all because of my guilty pleasure. Are you angling for sponsorship for season two from Walker's? What about Monster Munch? I'd love it if we were sponsored by them. They're, they're too tangy for me. I don't me. like Monster Munch very much. Oh, what about Hula Hoops? Them. They're great. Oh, they're, do you know what? They're okay. too bland. They're, they're totally the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> no. But should we save our crisp argument for another day? <laughs> We're not very adventurous with our guilty pleasures. Has any, anybody else got one? Well, well, I, no, go on, Sean. Is it involved beetroot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did you know? I've eaten 15 jars of beetroot during lockdown. Um, no, what mine is, is uh, this may surprise Derek, actually, because he knows I'm an extremely cynical person. I don't believe in sort of mm. ghosts or anything like that. But for no. some reason, if I ever stumble across like a page of horoscopes in a magazine, I suddenly get really into reading them. And then I decide that I want to look up my whole like horoscope of what 2020 is going to mean for me. And I know it's all rubbish and I know it's all really generic. But for some reason, I'm like, well, yes, it actually aligns with uh, the, the, the moon and the sun at the moment. And uh, Mercury is in my 12th house at the moment. What what did your 2020 horoscope say just out of interest? <laughs> uh, it said it was going to have an interesting year and it's oh, been fairly interesting so far. Um, it probably said that for all of you as well. But um, I still know they're rubbish, but I'm still quite into reading them. For well, sorry. I had to look this up because I didn't really know what counted as a guilty pleasure. And apparently the top 50 guilty pleasures for people in, in Britain or one of mine is on here and I wouldn't say it's a guilty pleasure but it's something that I do and I feel like I must enjoy it because I do it a lot which is when you know you put on a film with someone and then you just instantly fall asleep and I love that I just love that I love putting on the film and then having no idea what happens does it have to involve a film can you not just take a nap I'd say that's my guilty pleasure excessive napping no I think it's film itself that sends me to sleep I think I don't know what it is I don't know whether it's because you just turn out the lights or you know whether it's just a really boring film but every time it wouldn't wouldn't be anything else like I, I can listen to a podcast or you know listen to music I can watch a tv series but it's always a film and I'm just out like a light I made the mistake of going to see Black Panther just a few hours after I'd landed in a country I went on holiday and I remember about 10 minutes of it. Then I woke up and there was this big battle. And I thought, oh, this is great. And then it ended. <laughs> so I must have slept for like an hour and 10 minutes during the film. <laughs> K, 
Carolyn Coward, who's from Los Angeles and a cellist, asks, which Charlie's Angel are each of you expanded cast, Chris, Tiffany, Julie allowed, but please, please include justification. And I'm going to jump out of this because, as everyone knows, I am the Charlie figure in this little parable. Is that your justification? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm Charlie. I'm not an angel. Off Can you go. I just say, I've never seen Charlie's Angels. The original or the reboots? Any of them. Well, you would have fallen asleep if you saw the reboots of those films. <laughs> <laughs> you might have seen the TV series. Can someone explain to me what happens in it? Well, I don't know because I had the poster on my bedroom wall for a while. That's his guilty pleasure. Without having bothered to watch it, because I just like the look of somebody with big blonde hair and a couple of other women. I'm sorry, that's so shallow. But I think that's possibly its audience. Well, the basic plot was that Charlie was this mysterious figure who was some billionaire businessman who had a private detective agency, and the three, as Derek describes them, willowy blondes who could also kick ass, were his sort of team who went out solving crime and kicking ass. Basically, are we saying that, unfortunately, we don't identify with any particular individual here in this narrative? I'm I'm not quite sure I'm happy being an angel, but I will be Bosley, if that's all right. Was there a baddie, like a reoccurring one, or was it like a different person? I don't know. I think it was Enemy of the Week. Oh, because you could be that one. (laughs) (laughs) Enemy of the Week, that's my title. Yeah. It was a bit like Scooby-Doo, but without the dog. If, you know, if it wasn't for those pesky, high-kicking blonde women, I would have got away with it. I think it was exactly the same every week. Classic 1970s weekly American... uh, No offence to the Americans, but they churned out all this stuff where every week you had the same plot, essentially, but with slightly different characters doing slightly different things. So apologies for not (laughs) answering that question at all. Derek, do you... you know who we would be have you got an idea all i can remember is farrah fawcett majors she did have bigger hair than both of you so i think as long as you had the huge hair gotta be dave then (laughs) (laughs) noel huggett says he's been enjoying the podcasts a break from the norm which is very much needed he says in his words Question for you all. What career path did you first think about following before you ended up doing what you're doing? Most people think about something completely different. I always wanted to be an astronaut, but I wasn't very good at maths, physics, chemistry or sticking to anything for a long time. But I would have liked to have been an astronaut. I wanted to be a vet. And then I discovered I was severely allergic to cats, horses and many other furry things. <laughs> so that was that out the window, really. Well, I always wanted to be a radio DJ. And I, did, I came to this ambition quite late in childhood, about, I suppose, 13, 14. But it was absolutely the one and only driving passion of my life was to go and work in radio. So inevitably, of course, when I left university, I went into IT and spent (laughs) ten extremely tedious years programming microcontrollers and all that sort of stuff before eventually going, what the heck am I doing? And I went to work in radio, but not as a DJ, because it turns out I am the world's worst disc jockey, but I'm quite good at reading the news. So I never (laughs) quite made it. But hang on, you did have your own radio show. I listened to it, so what are you saying? Yeah, well, I, I did get to DJ for a while, unsuccessfully, 
for about 18 months before everyone went, okay, that's enough. Um, back to the newsroom, please. <laughs> Why are you rubbish at, at being a DJ? Well... Because if you want to be a DJ, you have to say, all right, it's uh, ten past the hour, and here's the latest graves from Bachman Turner Overdrive. It's 20 to 6 or whatever. And I couldn't really do the hyped-up kind of, you know, <laughs> DJ delivery. And I was, I was much more... You won't remember this, because you two are far too young, but on Radio 2, the slot now occupied by Jeremy Vine used to be presented by... Um, I've forgotten his name myself Jimmy now. Young. Jimmy Young, yes. And... I always thought I could do his job because he used to play a disc, as they were back then, these uh, 45s. <laughs> the platters that matter. The so platters, that? The yeah. platters that matter um, on the wheels of steel. And uh, he'd play a disc and then he'd interview someone about serious matters of the day. And then he'd play a disc. And, and I thought I could do that kind of DJing where it's not really DJing. You're sort of using the records to break up the interviews. But irritatingly, they didn't. Uh, when Jimmy Young gave up, they didn't hire me and Jeremy Vine got the gig. I think it could have been because of your act of extreme defiance that some of us remember, because you told me once you weren't allowed to actually pick the records, which I was very disappointed to mm. hear. But on your last DJ stint, you just threw the rule book away and I think the listeners ought to know what happened next. Well, that's not quite true. The very last 15 minutes of the show, uh, I put on Pink Floyd um, and let that play out as my swan song. But you broke the rules, which is actually... Uh, oh, the point oh yes, there were very strictly scheduled rules. Well, most DJs don't pick the music. It's only like the specialist ones who do. Your average weekday DJ is just hitting next on a computer and it plays the next track. The dream has died for me, I tell you, because I quite fancied it as well at one stage. So, Alice, what did you want to be? Well, mine's not oh, that exciting. Oh, you. Oh, can you not? Yeah, you've vanished. Ooh. Uh-oh. Oh, Ooh, shall we just nope. take... Should can you hear oh. me now? Are you You're back, back, Alice? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great. great. Uh, you just pick up on that, Sean. Oh, you sorry. So, Alice, so what did you want to be before you became a journalist? Well, Sean, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Seamless. <laughs> it's like it never happened. Um, I actually wanted to be a police officer when I was growing up. Um, but I kind of realised that although I would probably be all right sort of chasing, you know, the suspects, I probably wouldn't really be able to arrest them because I'm quite short. Um, so I thought sort of, you know, decapitating them at the kneecaps wasn't really kind of acceptable <laughs> in the British police force. So, um, yeah, I kind of put that one on hold. I've got a friend who was a bit shorter than... The, the height that I thought was required but because he's a really nice guy and he had lots of contacts and he really wanted to do it they let him in he told me a great story so I'll try and take some of the details out just in case they can identify him Tom Cruise was oh, filming somewhere oh, it's always good. Tom Cruise always Tom the name Cruise. this is not my story <laughs> Tom Cruise was filming somewhere and they felt that he needed a police bodyguard but because all the policemen were about three foot taller than him, they had to scour the land for a short policeman. And so he became Tom Cruise's bodyguard policeman during the filming of that movie, which, come on, that's a cracking anecdote, even if it's not mine. I'll let it in the laugh today. <laughs> I mentioned my fake nephew Aidan in a previous podcast and he does a genuinely wise and intelligent <laughs> podcast himself with his school age friends, something I felt put us to shame a bit as alleged grown-ups. 
He's resolutely refused to ask a silly question, of course, and instead wants to know, has lockdown given you the time to reevaluate your own directions in life? Wow, that is deep. Yeah, I think that's too deep for this podcast, to be honest. I mean, I'm guessing for for Dave, it's, you know, whether to go up the canal or down the canal, (laughs) surely. (laughs) What direction do you take? That is pretty much my life. <laughs> Did it make you reevaluate it? Are you going up this time or down? Do you know I have I have done two substantial reevaluations of my life during my life, but neither of them were during lockdown where I've just basically sat around sleeping. I just don't think this question applies to me because all those things like growth or learning have depth have have in no way been hallmarks of my life. I've always sauntered down the easy road in life I like to think of my catchphrase is they said it couldn't be done so he didn't so i didn't do it <laughs> well i was gonna say derek have you not reevaluated the number of crisps that you've eaten during lockdown <laughs> actually we didn't ask um as we normally do have you done anything interesting this week um we tried it and it didn't work and sean immediately said no forgetting that actually we'd met up completely says much about the meeting doesn't it (laughs) completely left your mind oh no i need to leave immediately (laughs) it was really nice because i met sean's parents i hope i get did i give a (laughs) little bit like you went on a date can i just say (laughs) i can't even mention a woman to my mum without her going is there any chance you might get married? So you can meet Sean's parents, but the converse cannot be true because she'll be buying a hat, your mum, and getting all excited. <laughs> you just get a hard time. My parents did like you very much, actually, and uh, my mum said you had a nice bike. I did bring the bike, by the way, that sounds very <laughs> odd. <laughs> Please tell me you didn't turn up in Lycra. Dripping, dripping most of the pond with you. (laughs) (laughs) Shaking the water out of his ear for that deafness he had. I had some lycra on, but I put some shorts over it. Okay, look, there's a technical problem with the recording that means we have to move on. Bayswater Girl on Twitter is from Ohio and an early listener also. She's in fact said some very kind words. She spent a lot of time in London in the past and she says enjoys listening to us because it reminds her of that time. And she wants to know how we know each other. And I think this question must have come in before the last pod where we explained that basically we, we didn't don't. know each other. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> it was weird, actually, how quickly... Has it surprised all of you, actually, how quickly you can go from thinking about doing a podcast to actually doing one? Are you going to pick up now, Alice, about your dog podcast? But I noticed you went very quiet. We're we not allowed to mention Oh, that? well, it's not really... It's in the planning stages still, to be honest, because I... Um, I was inspired by this one to kind of have a look at starting my own. And um, as I've mentioned before, I was thinking about getting a dog during lockdown. I thought that'd be a really sensible idea. So, yeah, so I thought I'd start a dog podcast and talk about, you know, the trials and tribulations of being a dog owner. The problem with that is that no one's letting me have a dog at the moment. So I sort of stumbled (laughs) at the first hurdle. (laughs) 
Oh, I assumed you were going to buy a dog. Were you going to borrow somebody else's dog for your dog? Ball? No, we were going to adopt one. Because we, do you remember we were talking about it and we were saying, you know, it's very important to adopt and not shop at the moment and be responsible. So we're going to adopt one. But it turns out it's probably easier to adopt a child than a dog at the moment. And um, we're, yeah, really, really struggling. <laughs> Maybe they just took one look at the application and thought, absolutely not. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, the dog podcast might still happen if the dog materialises at any point in the next few years. I'll keep you updated. So, so Derek is actually the person who doesn't... We don't know each other, but Derek does in fact know all of us. He's sort of it's linking us all thread. together. Yes. He is. In my mind, I think Derek went through his phone contacts book and kind of just picked the three people he thought had probably the least to do during lockdown, and that's how it <laughs> happened. It's not even as complicated as that. I mean, as befits my lazy persona it just happened to be the first three people i mentioned it to and i thought right that's good enough they'll do uh, but do you know what i think you definitely were the right people i actually find it nice that we all get along like it's it is a really strange concept that you're just kind of chatting to people every week that you've never met face to face but actually i think we all kind of rub together quite well <laughs> I feel like we all do know each other now in a way <laughs> wait till we're face to face that'll soon wear off <laughs> I still feel really bad about something that happened once going back to the security guard thing. <laughs> it's a safe space. Here we go no, again. Listen, this I involved left... Tom Cruise. <laughs> I, John Travolta. I left... <laughs> You're determined to stop me telling this. Oh, crisps. <laughs> I left work on a Friday night and I had an angry word with the security guard who was, again, of sort of great-grandfather age. I cannot even remember what the argument was about. I came in on the Monday and he'd passed away over the weekend. <laughs> and oh on the Monday they were going, he was fine on Friday, not a, not a sad people. Nothing, nothing happened on Friday that could possibly. And I went, well, apart from the fact I had a massive stropette about half six and walked out. So I'm naming no names here, but, you know, I do, I do sometimes fear what the Grim Weeper will say when... At last we meet. <laughs> Julie says... <laughs> Moving swiftly on. What, what a bridge that was. <laughs> you should be a DJ. I just don't get why we created a podcast if we weren't going to come out of it looking really, really good. It certainly wasn't my intention to show my true character at any stage whatsoever. Julie says, Have enjoyed your podcast, a welcome break from the doom and gloom. What are your hopes and dreams for the future? Oh, blimey. I think that's the deepest question yet. Oh, that's another question. My hopes and dreams is that we will end up having thousands and thousands of listeners so that we we never have to work a, get, a day again in our lives and that we can all buy a massive boat and go and live on it and then Dave can drive it around for us. <laughs> no, you see, I think there's going to be tantrums and strops. There'll be a massive split. The lawyers will come in and they'll take all the dough. <laughs> well, if we get paid in crisps, they can take all the crisps. <laughs> Only who loops, though. I just hope and pray that we might one day record one of these without any technical difficulties. Did anybody, by the way, because we've run out now, bring their own questions or want to ask one at all? I want to know, um, Alice, if there is, in fact, pyjama top you're wearing. 
that's so offensive. No, it's not. It's not. But I did get sunburnt today because I embarrassingly went out to play tennis again, but I didn't sort of realise how hot the sun was. I didn't put any sun cream on. So I'm trying to cover up the quite embarrassingly large red patch. So no, it's not pyjama top. Sorry. I am. I, I am. I'm. I'm. I uh, got to the stage where I'm out of my pajamas now. <laughs> At six o'clock. That's good to know. Derek, I'd like to know um, what we're going to do with our our next load of podcasts because you said this is like the last one in in the series, isn't it? That was based mainly on me completely running out of ideas. Uh, I just <laughs> thought a welcome break would be nice, but I mean we'll press on if people want to. In fact, we won't. (laughs) He said it couldn't be done, so they didn't. (laughs) Did I mention before that we wanted to just come back and say it's season two? Yeah, that's literally the reason why, because we wanted a second season. That is is literally the reason why. Oh, by the way, Dave, I meant to ask, because you're a YouTube star, (laughs) did you not think did you not think you'd do a podcast first? Did you just skip the podcast world and move straight into the glamour of video? Yes. Um, I, I like the idea of the podcasts, but um, YouTube has revenue opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> you wait till we get Walkers as our sponsor and then we'll be laughing, Dave. I'm going to regret not doing a podcast, aren't I? I think we'll wind up then because Dirk from the East Frisian Islands, who you may remember from the beginning of the podcast, has a pinned tweet on his Twitter page. And it's the lyrics from the last song recorded by the Beatles called appropriately for us, The End. And the words are, and in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. That not that a nice way to bow out? You know, I've really thought about this. <laughs> that fell flat so thanks Sean Elvin Alice Key Dave Johns I'm Derek Johnson in a slightly worse mood than I'd hoped to be at the end of this saying goodbye for now cheerio see you soon goodbye I've lined up some hippie music to play us out by the way so yeah this is all getting very emotional I bought a bunch of music, including the hippie stuff, and I didn't know where to use it, so I cunningly wrote the end just to use the music. Wow. All right, uh, let's press stop.